This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning into Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. This is the talk show and podcast for parents. I'm Janice Robinson Celeste, your host and publisher of Successful Parenting Media. Now, I want you to share this broadcast with all of your friends and followers, caring and sharing. And don't forget to leave your comments and questions, and we'll do our best to answer them. Uh, now, I got to tell you guys, we have a very special guest today that I am so happy to welcome to the show, and his name is E. Selfie Taylor, and we're going to be discussing building your generational wealth. Welcome. So glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Now, you are a single dad of three girls, right? Girl dad, right? Yeah, girl, girl dad. My, my, my running joke is I used to pray to God that he'd send girls to hang all over me, and he took me literally and gave me three of them. So he, so God is listening for sure. But yeah, three, three daughters. Uh, my oldest is now 14, Naya, and I've got twins, Shay and Zoe. They're 12. So there's never oh a, a dull moment in my household. Twins. Oh, my God. They got to be interesting. Oh, I can't wait to ask you about that. Now, <laughs> you also star in a docuseries called Mind, Body and Money, right? Yeah. So you got to tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yes. Mind, Body, Money is a docuseries that I created, produced and starred in it. Um, it's uh, it's really those three principles, right? Mindset. What is your mindset need to be to be successful, right? Those that think they can do something and those that they cannot do something are both usually right. And then you have your body, health and wellness, so important. My father, as a child, used to tell me, you have one body, you need to take care of it, right? Nobody was ever on their deathbed wishing to have more money, right? So you got to take care of your body. And then then the, the money part, right? You have to be a good steward of, of your money. Um, so many of us will put so much emphasis on, on money alone um, and, and not understand how it works, right? How can, you, how can you win a game if you don't know the rules? So this docuseries chronicles my life as a financial advisor, working with athletes, celebrities, entertainers, all the way down to your average men and women, and that journey in trying to create balance between mind, body, and money, and be, be, you know, finding the best, becoming the best versions of themselves. Okay. Now, were you always good with money, even as a child? Uh, I wouldn't say that I was always good with money. I would always say, I would say that I had an entrepreneurial heart and, and spirit, right? I always wanted to be in business. I always wanted to, to, to do well. Um, you know, I was raised by, by a single mother and, and, you know, she, she sacrificed a lot for my brother and I to go to the best schools. And I remember she would always let me know though, how much it cost her and how much she was sacrificing. So I made up in my mind early in life that, that I was going to do well enough in life and, and make enough money that I'd be able to provide all the best things for my family and never let them know how much <laughs> it cost me. And so um, I always had this idea of, of, of creating wealth and, and, and making money. I'd say, you know, I graduated with a degree in, in, in business, magna cum laude, top of my class, and got into the real world. And I realized I didn't know anything about insurance, investments, taxes, planning at all. So this is really been a learning process for me the 20 plus years that I've been in business, you know, only from my own personal experiences, working with other clients. And that's really the message that I try to impart to people via this docu-series and, and even my work with clients is just the importance of, of, of life in general and balance and how money works. That is, that's really good. But 
how does one find balance, especially when you have parents who are really struggling, like during a pandemic, people lost their jobs. How do you find balance when your, your mind is somewhere else and you're trying to just make ends meet? Like, where do, what do we got to do? Where do we start? It really comes down to perspective, right? Perspective is not the truth. It's simply what you see. If you don't like what you see, then change it. And if you cannot change it, then change the way you think about it. On the one end, many of us, our lives have been turned upside down the last year and a half or so with this pandemic and coronavirus. And to your point, some of us losing jobs and even those that didn't lose our jobs becoming, you know, parents, you know, uh, teachers rather unwillingly let me having to homeschool our, our children. And you can look at it. Right. Does does a rose bush have thorns or does a thorn bush have roses? Do I want to focus on the things that are ugly and that are painful and that, that hurt me? Or do I want to focus on the beauty and the fragrance and the, and, and, the, and the lessons and the blessings that come from these challenges, right? So for me, pre-COVID, I'm on the road all the time. I'm shaking hands, kissing babies, traveling, living the life. And that didn't like slow down. It came to a complete halt. But never before had I really stopped and really taken inventory of what's most important in my life, the relationships, how I want to spend my time. And I could tell you, even if things could go back to the way they were, 2020, I don't know that I'd want them to, right? I, I have a greater appreciation for taking a beat and slowing down and, and really engaging more um, meaningful relationships with people than I do just go, 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 go. And I think many of us can attest to that and appreciate that, that we're so much in the mix and running and running and running that we never took the time, right, to, to, to really stop and smell the roses, you know, so to speak. No, you're absolutely right. Um, one of the good things that did come out of the pandemic is people, they have a sense of freedom now. They know what that feels like yeah. and being with family and this virtual um, commerce and doing business this way is actually um, got, gotten a chance when before employers were like, no, we're not going to let you work from home. Um, you might take advantage of us. Now they see that it can actually work, you know, right. so it's helping a lot of parents as well. Um, now, let's go back to you being a dad a little bit, because I think that's um, so cool that you have twins and you have an older daughter and you're doing this all by yourself. So that's you don't usually see too many single dads out there. I know they're out there. Hi, single dads. But um <laughs> You're also a highly successful financial advisor and a philanthropist. Um, you have a nonprofit agency. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, one of the things I, I struggle with in life is saying no. Right. Sylvie, do you want to do this? Yes. You want to open this business? Yes. You want to do this? Yes. And so um, as a result, I've got a lot of balls in the air. I always say metaphorically, I'm juggling knives. Right. You got to be real careful. You'll cut yourself. Right. But um the, the primary driving force um, behind everything that I do is certainly my daughters. It's, 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 it's my why. Um, I will not sit here and say, yes, I do everything myself because I do not. It certainly takes a village. I could not run any of the companies that I run and even do the things that I do without the support of my staff and family. Right. And the, I think the good thing and, and I'll and I even won't take their credit you know, as a single dad, because, you know, I have a, a, a very strong relationship with, with their mother, my, my ex-wife. Um, and, and this is something, again, that many of us have to face is how do you co-parent when you're not in the same household? And I think the one piece of advice that I would give the, the viewers and the listeners is when you're making decisions for your child or related to your relationship with your ex or your, your children, you have to ask yourself, is this is this best for the children or is it about ego? 
and it's real easy to let ego take over. It's real easy to go, why you can't you can't go over there because her boyfriend's over there. So no, you can't go over there. And you think about it like if the girls are safe, right, and they're having fun and they're loved and, and taken care of, why can't they go again? Because of my ego. So I think that's one of the things that I've had to constantly check, you know, in this co-parenting environment is like, okay, what's best for the girls? Yes or ego? If it's ego, then it's gotta go away, right? And so that helps me a lot to be able to navigate with their mom and do what's best for them. And it, it eliminates the girls from trying to pull one over on us, right? They get, oh, but mom said, like, no, I talked to your mom every day and she did not say that, can't do that, right? And so <laughs> that, that, certainly, that certainly makes my job easier as a, as a father because I couldn't do all the things that I do without, again, the support of, of family and a, and a great team around me to, to help me, you know, uh, uh, follow, follow my dreams. Well, that was going to be my next question. Like, how do you do all this? So I'm glad you answered that because you have a nonprofit. Yeah. You recently had a gala. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, both of those things, I the nonprofit non and the gala? I have a nonprofit organization <laughs> that I established um, about 18 years ago called Future Stars. I was a, a collegiate athlete, played basketball in school, um, got out of school, was, was training kids after work. And as my career blossomed, um, that time that I was spending on the court versus what I was making didn't really make economic sense anymore, but I still wanted to continue to give back. So I created this nonprofit, Future Stars. I do a basketball camp here in Pasadena area, in Los Angeles area every summer. We usually get about 100 to 150 kids out. And I do a big uh, golf tournament every year and a huge gala, which you just mentioned I did a few weeks ago, to raise money for the camp. So I provide scholarships to families to send their children to my camp that otherwise couldn't come. That's my my uh, my Eric Tracy scholarship fund named after a, a great friend and supporter of the organization. And then I created a secondary scholarship fund named after some dear friends of mine, Doctors Ludlow and Ruth Curry um, scholarship fund, where I provide scholarships to kids to finish their education. Right. So um, I'm really proud of of what you know, this this um, organization represents and the work that we do in the community. And, you know, as much as it's tiresome, you know, to do and every year, I'm like, hey, am I going to do it again? I don't know. You know, when you see the look on the kids faces at the end of the week and the, and the gratitude from the parents and when you hear stories, you know, from kids, you know, hey, this scholarship allowed me to be the first one in my family to go to college. Right. <laughs> how, how do I not do it? Right. So, I, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to forge forward. I think that's wonderful work. I mean, that that is really um, admirable that all of the things that you're doing. And I absolutely, absolutely love your sayings. You're from the rose bush on. <laughs> I meant to say that when you said that, because that was beautiful. Um, now, do you have a parenting philosophy? Uh, um, it's interesting. I think I have always... And, and this is, I think, something that a lot of, 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 of people of color can probably um, relate to. I think, at least for me growing up, you know, I think a lot of, you know, black parents oftentimes will treat their children as, you know, their property or their things rather than their human beings, right? Like my mom would tell me, I'll, when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you, right? I was just kind of like, you know, here. And then and you have these extremes where you've got parents that are like dominating and then you've got, you know, other dynamics where the kids really, really run the show. And I don't necessarily think that either one of those is right. I, again, it's about balance and that happy medium. I don't want to be my children's friend. 
I really don't want to be their friend, mm -hmm. right? I don't want them to say like, I always have to like my dad. Um, I, I, I want them to respect me though. Certainly want them to respect me, but not fear me. So there's this, there's this, this balance. My job, I, I believe our job as parents is to prepare our children for the real world. Right. And as much as we want to protect our children and keep them away from harm, which we certainly all want to do, I want them to experience life. Right. And not only privilege and not only great opportunities, but I want them to understand the principles of hard work and, and perseverance and having to overcome and work for the things that you want in life. And that's all I'm doing. One of the things that was shared to me with me a few years ago by another parent that was so impactful to me. And I think about this as it relates to my daughter. My oldest daughter is 14. She's a freshman in high school. And he said to, he said to me, you've got three more summers with her. You got three more summers with her and then she's gone. <laughs> and that hit me like, oh, wait, <laughs> three summers? Right. And so I, I'm looking at it now like I got three more years to give her as much as I can and not tell her what to do per se or guide her, shield her, but to educate her and empower her and uplift her so that when she's out on her own and then later my twins are out on their own, that, that they're ready. And again, no matter what we do as parents, right, our kids are going to make mistakes, they're going to fall short, part of life. But, 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 but I want them to know, hey, I'm here for you regardless, regardless of the outcome. I'm here for you. Right. And I want to prepare you and give you the best opportunity to succeed in life. And that is really, you know, my, my, my driving force and my philosophy as a parent. I think that's great. I agree. I have a philosophy where I try to teach my girls everything that I wish I would have known growing up, you know, so that way they can be ready, not caught off guard if possible. Um, so totally agree with that. And I want to just say to the parents that are listening that it's okay because there are going to be times you don't even like your kid. doesn't mean you don't love them, but you're not going to like them for that moment. And they're not going to like you necessarily for that moment, right? And there are going to be times when you might like one more than the other, but you won't tell them that, right? So you just kind of do. And because one might be doing something you disapprove of and the other one's doing everything great. So you'd be like, okay, but you don't, you know, it's like they said on oh, no, Shrek, you now it's like layers of onions you love, right? You have lots of layers yeah. and you love them all the same, but there's going to be times when you just, you know, might not like that one right now because they're not acting the way you would love to see them be, or maybe they're not being just a good person at that moment. And for whatever reason, so this is all normal stuff. It's all normal stuff. And as long as you have unconditional love for your child, they're, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. And you're going to be okay too. Um, question about teens. Cause you have a teen. So what type of advice do you give her for finances? Cause I'm going to tell you, I was that kid preteen teen. You gave me $2. Those $2 were bur that would burn my hand until yeah. I spent it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I got a few <laughs> stories there. So, you know, my, my daughters were in this docu-series with me, right? And, and the, again, they're after my own heart. They're entrepreneurs. They're like, hey, dad, how much do we get paid for this, right? So my first inclination is you got a roof over your head. That's your payment, right? But then I thought, okay, you're out here, you work. I said, you know, you get paid. And I said, but there's a catch. You don't get the money in hand today. You have to take this money and buy stocks. I want each one of you to choose five stocks, five companies that you believe have utility, right? And that is where your money is going to go. And, 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 and they're like, oh, no, we want to spend it. And, and what they saw was they picked companies that they liked. And I said, every month when your statements come, we're going to review those statements to check performance. And at the end of the year, whoever has the most money, I'm going to double 
their contribution. I'm going to double the amount in, the, in their account, right? Yeah. To incentivize them. <laughs> I want to watch to incentivize them because so many, and this isn't just children. So many of us have no idea, right, about money or, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times as an advisor I hear, oh, do you have a 401k? Yeah, I have a 401k at work. You know, do you have the statements? Yeah, I don't even open those envelopes. Right? Like we, we are so detached, right? We have this fear of, and, 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 you always say, like, if you can't get over your fear, then do it afraid. You still have a fear of money. I don't know it. Well, dive in, right? You know, <laughs> dive in, right? And, and, and there's some things that, and these are general principles of, of life, right? Being, being poor is hard. Being rich is hard. Choose your heart. Being married is hard. Being divorced is hard. Choose your heart. Staying in shape is hard and being out of shape is hard. Choose your heart. So point being, no matter what path you go in life, there's going to be challenges. So for me, if I'm going to deal with trials and tribulations and struggles, then I want to enjoy the spoils of it. Right. And so as a as a as a parent, these are the things that I'm trying to impart to my daughters and want them to understand money. Right. And and I want them to understand and teaching them real estate and and asking them, tell me the difference between commercial real estate. Tell me the difference between residential real estate. What what what's the what's the differentiation? How are they financed? I'm 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 just dripping this. I'm dripping this. So to that when when they're in life, when they're faced with these 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 choices that, again, are they going to remember everything? Maybe, maybe not. But at least they're going to go, yeah, I remember my dad talking about that. Or I remember my dad, you know, exposing me, you know, to that. I'm not, I think a lot of times people, especially those of, of, of that are successful, that have wealth, will go, oh, I don't want to tell my kids or I don't want them to know what's coming to them. Why? Right? If I'm going to hand someone a loaded gun, and that's what I would equate to giving someone millions of dollars, right? If I'm going to hand someone a loaded gun, I better tell them how this thing works, how to hold it, how to load it, how to protect it. Right. And that's what we're doing when we don't educate our children and they enter the workforce making tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars in whatever they do. And we don't educate them on the basics and teach them how it works. We're handing them a loaded gun and you can do a lot of damage. Money is great, but it can do a lot of damage if managed improperly. Right. And so I think that's our our job. And now the reality of it is <laughs> many of us as parents are like, hey, Sylvie, that sounds great. I'd love to educate my kids, but I don't know either. <laughs> and so even as a parent, but forget our kids, we need to learn how to stand on our own two feet. We need to educate ourselves. When you're flying in an airplane, they say there's a drop in cabin pressure and the oxygen mask comes down. What do they tell you to do? Put yeah. your mask on first and mm -hmm. then help your favorite kid, right? <laughs> and then help the person next to you. So, so the idea is one a piece of advice I would give Parents, before you, how do I teach my kids about finances? Educate yourself. Be able to stand on two feet yourself, right? Create financial security for yourself. And then these lessons almost by default will, will come to your children because they'll watch what you're doing, right? So those are some just kind of general principles and things I would share. Absolutely. Let me ask you about this. So we see on social media this trend every now and then of a parent saying that, when their teen was maybe 16, 17, they added them to their credit card so they can build their credit. What do you think about that? Um, that's not bad. I think the general, uh, I guess, belief that most people have with credit, I would say is, is pretty bad in, in this sense. Either people go, credit, free money, boom, bring it up, slide it up. Like I could buy whatever I want and have to pay, 
you're going to pay eventually, right? And you're going to pay not only what you purchase, but maybe 15, 20, 25% interest, right? Or, oh, no, 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 credit's bad. My uncle had bad credit. I don't want credit. That's not actually good either because when it comes to buying things like a, a car or even a home, things that are typically, you know, larger expenses that you typically are going to want financing for, you have to show to creditors, to banks, that you have the ability to, to borrow money and repay your debts on a timely manner. So putting your kids on a credit card um, that you have or when they go to college and they get these offers to open their own cards, they're great things to do. Again, it's not the act of putting them on the card or them getting their own card. It's educating them on here's how credit works. For example, right? You're judged, you're on a few criteria, right? Things like how long have you been at the same residence? How long have you been at the employer? Um, of the credit that has been extended to you, do you pay it timely? Of the credit that has been extended to you, do you keep your utilization of said credit below 30%? And these are the factors. So with my daughters, hey, you got your first credit card. You're going to go to the to dinner with your friends. You're going to go to the movies. You're going to put gas in your car. Use your credit card. Build your balance. But be mindful to pay it off. Right? This is a, a question that I ask a lot of people, and, and a lot of people get it wrong. But let, let's see. Let's pull the audience. You got two credit cards. One credit card has a $500 limit, and you owe $400 on that card. The other card has a $10,000 limit and you owe $2,000 in the card. What's a worse position to be in from a credit rating standpoint? Hmm. Now, naturally, a lot of us will go, well, heck, the, the $2,000, you owe more money, right? That's got to be worse. No, it's worse to owe $400 on a $500 card than it is to owe $2,000 on a $10,000 card. You go, oh, well, why? Because if I owe $400 on a $500 card, I've utilized 80% of the available credit. So a lender is going to go, if we extend credit to this person, they're going to max it out. You're a risk. If I have a $10,000 card and I've only used $2,000, i have only utilized 20% of the available credit. Oh, that's a responsible borrower. You see the difference, right? So okay. two pieces of advice that I would give people. If you have a smaller card like that, continue to pay it down. And if you're paying your bills timely, there's nothing that prevents you from calling that credit card issuer and asking them to increase your limit to 1000 to 5000 and 10000 which they will gladly do over time if you're paying your bills on time. And that gives you more room because the problem is if I got a $1,000 card and my washing machine goes out and I go down to the, to the department store and I buy an $800 washer and dryer, I just max out my card in that one purchase. If I've got a $10,000 card and the same thing happens and I put in $800, I'm fine. Okay. That's some great advice. Absolutely. Now, there are parents out here are starting to learn about finances through technology, like apps, right? So we have, like, for instance, Robinhood. And I'm sure you're familiar with that, where you can easily buy stocks without a middleman. What are your, what's your opinion on that? Because I know a lot of people are now starting to experiment with stocks for the first time because of these apps. Yeah. Um... Again, if, if someone said, hey, Sophie, should I go online and, and open a brokerage account or not? Yeah, I guess going online is better than not doing it. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that I've done is I have an app also called Mind Body Money. You can actually find it on the app store, mind.body.money. You can find it on the app store. My whole mantra isn't necessarily to do first. It's to learn first. It's to, it's to be educated. Once you know better, then you can do better. So 
understand how mutual funds work, understand how stocks work, understand how cryptocurrency works in a general sense. And then, yes, you got to dive in. Right. And it might be 50 bucks, might be 100 bucks a month, but getting in and doing it. So some of these apps are, are, are very good in the sense that a traditional investment advisor, you can't walk down the corner to Merrill Lynch and go, hey, I want to put in $200, open up an account for me. Right. They're, they're not going to do it. Most investment advisors are going to have, you know, at least five and maybe six figure minimums to have a professionally managed account. So there's nothing wrong with the layperson saying, hey, I wanna open my account. Maybe I don't have a lot of money. I wanna get my feet wet. Can I open up and buy maybe an S&P 500 fund or put my money and buy you know, Amazon stock, what have you in, 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 in this brokerage account? So I don't have a, a problem with those, those platforms utilizing them. I think you just need to understand the general principles of investing. Things like um, dollar cost averaging, well, what is that? It's just a systematic purchase of funds. No one person can tell you when the market's at its height or when it's at the lowest. Dollar cost averaging eliminates that. I'm just just buying, understanding the ramifications of buying and selling. Did you know if you sell, you make money in a stock and you sell it in the first year, you have to pay ordinary income tax on that gain. Versus if I waited 12 months and one day and sold, now I pay capital gains as opposed to ordinary income. <laughs> Which is which is wow. Weird. So it's understanding these general things before I even get into the stock. It's very helpful. Right. And so that's what I'd say. Take time to educate yourself. Right. Um, don't try and reinvent the wheel. There are people that have done pretty much everything that you, you want to do or thinking about doing. Go to successful people. Come to people like myself, other advisors, other people that have had success and experience in arena arenas and ask them. This is the best analogy that I can give you, Janice. Mm -hmm. From my vantage point, envision this. Envision a hundred adults at a pool, at a pool party, right? And everyone's walking around in their bathing suits and the sunglasses and they're feeling good, the little drink, right? And a few people are sitting at the edge of the pool and they have their feet in. And imagine you're the person at this pool party and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how to swim. And all these people here are looking good and some people have their feet in the water and all these other people know how to swim. And I don't know how to swim. So I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be the odd man out. I'm just going to also act. I'm going to put my feet in the water too. I'm going to act like I know how to swim too, right? And the reality of it is, is that if you actually pulled those hundred people there and said, hey, of all you people here, who knows how to actually swim? Maybe like five people would be like, I can't. And everyone else would be like, oh, you don't know how to swim either, me either. And that's the way that I feel about financial planning and the like. So many people are out there like, I've got some stocks and I put money in my 401k and you've got your foot in the water, but you don't really know how to swim, right? So many people have stuff. They have, I've got some insurance or some investments. You have stuff, but you have no plan. And if you aim at nothing, you will hit it with amazing accuracy. So the one thing that using an investment advisor or a financial planner or something can help you is not just having stuff that's disjointed, is creating a plan and a roadmap. And that is what I think so many people are, are missing. So it's not that an app is good or bad or this insurance is good or bad or 401k is good or bad. It's how do these things play into your overall financial plan? And I think that's what, what's missing for a lot of people. Wow. You know what? You're amazing. And I can see why people follow you and uh, go to you for advice. Now, I'm going to definitely get your app. Um, tell us, what else do you have that we didn't talk about today that you want people to know about? Because we want to support you. Uh, hey, I also am <laughs> really excited. I'm the principal of a company called Cream Malicious. I just launched the first black-owned nationally distributed ice cream company. 
So um, the founder and CEO is a lady named um, Liz um, Rogers. She is an amazing woman. Um, I'm, I'm very uh, happy to be in, in a partnership with her. Um, it's, it's, it's ice cream. It's, it's, it's for us by us, right? Um, flavors like, uh, uh, um, banana, a banana bread pudding, um, sweet potato pie, um, 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 uh, red velvet cheesecake, um, um, pecan pie, taking all these traditionally ethnic African-American desserts and infusing them with ice cream. Right. And so you can find this on stores, Walmart, Target, Schnooks, uh, Myers. Um, we also have online distribution as well. So you can go on the website, Cream Malicious, follow us on social media as well and find a store near you. But I'm really excited about the opportunity uh, to get out there and, and, and share uh, that, that brand. Um, you know, I own several companies from finance companies to, you know, production companies and real estate and things like that. And so when I created this ice cream company that my daughters are like, finally, dad, something we can get behind. Finally, something we can support ice cream. We will be your your taste testers. Right. So I'm really excited about the company, not only for the opportunity for the money it can make me, but to but to be a part of a of a of a something that's bigger than myself and in, in, in putting a you know, a, a black owned company out there in the in ice cream space nationally that hasn't happened before. I love that idea. And I can't even imagine why it hasn't happened already. It makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that's going to be a really good investment because I'm going to be looking for that now, yeah. especially right here at Thanksgiving. That would make a yep. great yeah. like surprise dessert, right? Yep. So that's awesome. Now, tell people how to find you. Yeah, I'm everywhere. Um, <laughs> Google me. <laughs> Um, my name again is Isilfi Taylor. Interesting name. My father's from Ghana, West Africa. So Isilfi means son of God. So I always tell people, think of a selfie like you're taking a photo. Put an E in front. Isilfi, that's me. Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, I have several companies. Uh, Taylor Insurance and Financial Services is my planning firm. I have a coaching business, Taylor Method, where I train financial advisors and uh, train people in the, in the art of, of sales and and um, um, business mastery. Uh, I've got the cream malicious company out there. One other thing I'm super excited about too. I've recently been named as a uh, brand ambassador for Los Angeles for Lululemon. So for those of you, this speaks to the body piece for that, like yoga, health and wellness and fitness is, is, is the cornerstone of my life. I start and end my day typically moving my, my body. So I teach yoga classes, uh, fitness classes out there as well. So I'm just, I'm just out there guys. And I'm, and I'm, swinging away. I mean, for all the things that I'm doing and for all the success that I've had, I will tell you, I'm arguably the biggest failure you've ever met in your life, right? Every way you can fail, every way you can fall down, every way you can mess up, I've done it once. And, and I don't believe in winning and losing. I believe in winning and learning. And then with those lessons, with the things that you've, that you've taken and extracted from, from experiences in life, then what blessing can you be to other people? How can you enrich? How can you share? Can you, how can you help other people. And that's what I'm about. So I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show today. I'm certainly out here. Anyone has any additional questions or comments or um, insights for me, I am open uh, to that um, and helping any way that I can. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. Really thank appreciate you. having your insight. So thank you again. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. And thank you all for participating and listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the talk show and podcast for parents. Share this broadcast with anyone who needs to hear it. 
and let's get the word out. Okay. Now be sure you to visit our syndicated podcast replays on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Android, and more. And don't forget to check out our website at SuccessfulBlackParenting.com, which is full of great content to help you to thrive and not just survive as a parent. You can also engage with us on social media from our webpage. So until next time, I wish you all the best and much success. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon.